Hey, bitches. Hello. What up? What up? Happy hump no. day. Yeah. Oh, happy Cinco de Mayo. Yes, we're recording this on the, the evening of Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. But y'all are listening to this on hump day, so yeah. you get the best of both worlds. So happy day after Cinco de Mayo. Hopefully you're not hungover. You shouldn't be. I mean, I guess you could be because we're all either not working or working from home unless you're a really yeah. important person like Jamie who's I mean yeah ass bitch <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was actually really funny my boss was in our office today and I wasn't expecting him to be there mm-hmm. um like our like boss boss uh, my direct supervisor had given me permission last week because I was like it's fucking hot here like yeah I'm sweating my dick off and she was like since there's nobody else in the office, you can wear, like, tank tops and, like, shorts. I don't care what you wear. Oh, that's nice. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. So I roll up to work today wearing a tank top and ripped jeans. And by the way, this is the same tank top I wore to work today. It says, this is from a bachelorette party. It says, oh, we be all night, hashtag oh. just drunk on the bottom. And I walked in, and, um, again, I'm used to being by myself. So yeah. I usually come into the office having just, like, had my, you know, drive to work where I'm listening to my music bopping along. So sometimes I'll come in kind of humming. Yeah. Because I'm by myself. There's no one there to listen to me hum. Right. And be embarrassing. But today I came in, I was like, (laughs) like doing my thing. And then, good morning, Jamie. And I was like, that would have scared me. Scared the fuck out of me. And he was like, yeah, I'm on a conference call. I'm going to close my door. And I was like, my bad. (laughs) Danger. Yeah, and what's funny is that um, on my lunch break today, I recorded an episode of Muggle Problems with Jackson. Oh I like my gosh. escorted myself to the conference room because my office is right next to my boss's office. Yeah, and I didn't hear need to hear have him hear me say fuck no. every other word right on a podcast <laughs> when he is a lovely That's man of so God. Funny. Um, oh yeah, he probably yeah. did not approve of your tank top. It's okay, probably not. I tried every time I saw him to like cover up the hashtag just drunk part. Or, like, tuck that part into my jeans. Right. But, you know. That's so funny. He definitely saw it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, You know, over Christmas break, all the students are gone. So, at the university that I work at, like, Mm -hmm. nobody. And the students are gone. And most people don't work over, like, that week from Christmas to New Year's. Mm -hmm. And so, one time, I showed up in leggings, a sweatshirt, and Ugg boots (laughs) because... You told me about this. Yeah, I thought (laughs) that everybody was gone, but actually, my coworker came into work, too, but thankfully, (gasps) she was in slippers, so we were good. That's spectacular. (laughs) Um, I'm just glad that my boss wasn't there because, like, literally last week when I was, like, I'm sweating my dick off, I told my boss, like, I had at one point stripped down to a sports bra. Yeah. That's what I have to be wearing. And I was like, honestly, Serena, like, I'm wearing a fucking sports bra. No one can stop me. I'll put my shirt on when I walk by the camera. And she's like, there's no cameras. And oh, I was like, nice. I was like, no, there's a camera in the hallway. And she's like, it's not plugged in. <laughs> and I was like, excellent. There was a few so, times when I was pregnant that, that was me. Like, I would just sit there yeah. and I'm like, I can't, I'm too hot to exist right now. Yeah. And like, I'm not someone that normally runs hot. Like, I'm normally always freezing. So, like, this is like uncharted yeah. territory for me. So. Yeah. Not fun. But also, I think the building, because there's, like, not a lot of people, like, in the medical offices right now, um, they probably, like, either shut off the AC or, like, turned it way the fuck down. I'm so sure that it's, like, did. not Save working. Money. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I get it. But there are still a few people there. Yeah. Like, I see the same people every day. Some, pl- some clinics are still open. Oh, wow. Like, mine 
at, at my specific office location isn't because like at my office location we do like hearing tests and stuff and like that's it yeah but like our, we don't yeah. have audiologists right now right so yeah that's really fun but, well anyways we're here to talk about the yes. oh, i just like got really loud sorry guys um <laughs> we're here to talk about the new netflix documentary murder to mercy the Sintoya brown story Yes, and also I would like to correct correct myself because all Monday I'm pretty sure I said Sintonia Brown like a hundred times. I think you might have. In fact, I'm almost a hundred percent certain. So I would like to just apologize. I'm an idiot and an asshole. It's Sintoya. Okay. <clears throat> it's it's there is it yet. no end. Yeah. Now you yeah Sintoya. Yes, they Brown. call her Toya like her friends and yes. family. So, anyways, I would like to just address my you know, misspeaking multiple times. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so this documentary covers her basically like road from a teenager to present. Um, yep. And as a teenager, she was um, sex trafficked. And then um, she was tried in a court as an adult prostitute mm-hmm. who had yes. killed a man that allegedly had hired her for services. Mm-hmm. So I assume you have like some sort of page pulled up. I do. I have it. a Wikipedia page. That's normally yeah, surprise. You can go for it. <laughs> so I'm gonna give kind of just like this, this Wikipedia page isn't like huge, so I'm just gonna basically just like skim over it. Um. So yeah, Sintoya Bra- Sintoya Brown Long. Um. She's born on January 29th of 1988. American woman who was convicted of the murder and robbery of Johnny Michael Allen. She was 16-year-olds at the time of the murder. Uh, she claimed that Alan had paid her $150 to have sex with him and that she feared for her life during their encounter, leading her to shoot him. Prosecutors argued that Brown killed Alan while he was sleeping in order to rob him. She was found guilty of robbering, robbering, robbing and murdering Alan <laughs> and sentenced to life imprisonment. After a renewed interest in her case in 2017, um, I think this was like 13 years after the initial encounter because I think that happened in 2004. Yeah, yes. and she was sentenced in 2006 to life in prison. Yeah. Which, so int- yeah, because she was convicted of first-degree murder and aggravated robbery, so. Yes. Um, so in 2017, Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam commuted her original sentence to 15 years, and she was released on August 17th of 2019. Um, there's been several, um, like, documentaries. She also wrote a book, um basically chronicling everything um and now this new netflix documentary that has um a lot of like old like um courtroom footage um police phone or police phone calls uh phone calls for while she was in prison um and like new interviews from her her family and uh, i believe also they had like some people from the victim's family talk or family friends they did um Mm -hmm. i think they spoke at her parole hearing that's what it was at the end so yeah that was that was interesting um it looks like the film i'm so i'm have a kind of a time article uh Mm -hmm. pulled up right now um in what was written by mahita gajanan just so i'm I'm sure that was close enough is due yeah Yeah. (laughs) um it looks like uh she said on twitter she had no involvement with this documentary but now oh, that tweet tweet is deleted. I think that's interesting because they did have some footage of her now. Like very recent, yeah. Having been released, so, but maybe that wasn't, maybe they, I don't know. Anyways. Maybe they just so, like plucked it from something else. I mean, that's also possible. Yes. 
So she's now 32 years old. She's married, and mm-hmm. she, she advocates on behalf of, um, I think, those who've been sex trafficked. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want, I can kind of go into, um, like, the Wikipedia page, like, the early life and, like, the murder. Yeah, I think we, we can both, because I have an article pulled up, too, so you can, we, we can both talk about it. And then yeah, we so, can, we'll talk about our opinions of it, right. kind of our thoughts. Uh, so the long and short of, like, her, like, early life is that um, she, she had a biological mom, uh, Georgina Mitchell, who was a crack addict. Um, she did drugs and um, drank Drink. a lot while she was pregnant. Like, she openly admits to it. Like, she's interviewed, actually, a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, or, like, old footage. After she, after Centoya is arrested, they mm-hmm. interview the mom as part of her defense. Basically, um, like, the mom said, I haven't seen her in 14 years. Yeah. So, she gave her up for adoption not long after. She, I think she had just turned, like, one she or two. Like, yeah. 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 Because she um, said she just couldn't take care of her anymore. So. Right. Um, so, then she went to the Brown family. Yeah. Elinette, I think, um, was her adopted mom's name. And she Mm -hmm. said, like, we had her on and off from the time she was six months old. Right. So she had a family, which kind of influences a little bit of my opinion, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, And then, so, yeah, so she basically has was kind of, like, in and out of, like, child services for, like, a lot of her life um, and all of that. She, at a very young age, got involved in drugs and alcohol herself as yes. as well as um being a sex worker um she had a boyfriend um that was basically her pimp um His who went by the name of cutthroat yeah. yeah um who began pimping her out um they got in a fight the night yeah, of the he basically incident. and so like she told her out. you're slacking yeah, yeah sh- you're slacking you need to go make me some money Exactly. So, so she left his apartment, she, pieced the fuck out, went to a Sonic, and then found this man, Johnny Allen, who he took her home because he was like, he solicited her and said, I'll give you $150 yeah. if you go to my house. And she was like, I don't really want to go to your house. I want to go to a hotel. That's where I usually do my business. And he was like, no, I want to go to the house. So she yeah. reluctantly agrees so she can make the money. She gets there. Well, and she's and by, Right. And so by her own words... <laughs> <laughs> she's like I was really uncomfortable the entire time like yeah um she talks about this it's you know like interview footage from um like during while she was in court and while she was also just in jail she was like yeah I was like really fucking uncomfortable the entire time like he kept showing me these guns he had and all this and shit. telling her how he was a sharpshooter in the military mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and he was like out of the military but he was a real estate agent and yeah. um yeah, he. She said she kind of made excuses to not be in the bedroom, like go downstairs, right. watch TV. She was hoping he'd fall asleep so she could leave, but she ended up. I don't. They ended up in bed, and yeah. she said she, he was reaching around, and she thought he was going because she basically didn't want to have sex with him. Right. So she basically said, "I thought he was going to shoot me, so I shot him." Yeah, so and I grabbed one of his guns and basically no, it was hit it actually on my her person. gun. It was her. Oh, it was hers. Oh, I think no. it was her gun in her handbag. Um, oh, okay. Because um, I think there's I think some cl- conflicting inter- information because I think one of the like court, um, inter- like one of the videos from court, like she says mm-hmm. that like oh like I grabbed one of his guns, but it also could have been hers. I really yeah, am not 100 yeah, yeah. sure. Definitely could have been. Um, but anyway, she had a gun in her handbag, so she reached over, grabbed her gun, and shot him in the head. 
yeah, the Wikipedia says that um, she had a forty caliber handgun. So, um, so basically, the defense's or sorry, the prosecuting argument argument was that he was turned away from her. She shot him in the back of the head while he was sleeping. Yeah. She says no. He turned away to grab a gun. Right. But the and the prosecutor basically said her intent was to rob him because right. she did after he was yeah. dead she did rob him and took his truck and they don't really yeah. go into how they caught her or how they knew it was her committed the crime um, but she was i mean she was very openly like admitted yes i shot him but you know that's where it goes so the wikipedia has a little bit more about that if you that. want me to read that yeah go ahead yeah so um some point during the encounter, Brown shot Allen in the back of the head using her 40 caliber handgun. She then stole $172 from his wallet, two of his firearms, and then fled the scene in his truck. She left his truck at a Walmart parking lot and flagged down an SUV for a ride home. Police later found Brown and Cutthroat at mm-hmm. a nearby in-town suites. Um, so, yeah, so she was uh, arrested and charged with homicide, aggravated robbery, handgun possession, and criminal impersonation. Um, so she was tried as an adult. So basically, she was impersonating an adult. That's why. That's what the criminal impersonation part is. So like basically, like she had given the uh, like ruse to him that she was of age. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So he didn't. The the guy she shot didn't know she was a minor prostitute. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, yeah. So there's also like some like weird conflicting information. So like a detective says that Brown asked a neighbor, or uh, I'm so sorry, I just skipped an skipped an entire thing, uh, mm-hmm. bit. So in a letter asking the governor to deny clemency, um, a lead detective in the case for Allen's murder wrote that on August 7th, so the day after the murder took place, Brown had a neighbor drive her to the Walmart where she had left the truck. The detective says that Brown asked the neighbor to drive her back to the house so she could steal more items, but he refused. The neighbor reportedly told the detective that Brown told him that she had shot somebody in the head for $50,000 and some guns, and that she shot somebody else in the head last week and blew his brains out. The detective further asserted that Brown told the neighbor that killing was a, quote, fat lick, which is like a robbery term, um, and that she had been waiting on a lick like that all week. Um, So basically... um, that's why the prosecutor and detectives are like asserting that this is premeditated and why it's first degree murder because that was not explained at all in the documentary no the documentary really didn't explain any of that any of the investigation it basically says yes she shot him they don't go into even how they caught her they cut straight to footage of her talking as she's already been arrested and the cops are like well if you tell us the truth we'll help you out Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. So. Do, 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 do. so yeah, the Wikipedia page. Page. Um, this is like I'm just gonna kind of skim over this. So this is like prosecution evidence and then her evidence. So police noted that there was no gun found under or anywhere near his bed. Based on the position where his body was discovered, investigators believe that he was asleep when he was shot. In the documentary, they talk about how his like hands are kind of like up by his face, like you know, like if you're like laying on your side and kind of have your ha- hands yeah, up by your head. Yeah, his hands are like almost clasped. Yeah, like, like almost like prayer hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, if I sleep on my side, like, my hands are usually kind of like 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 that. So, I mean, like, that makes sense. Like, But you know what I also noticed? That picture that they had in the documentary of him shows him from that angle where you can see his hands and hit the blood. Right. But also from the behind where there are 
um, the pads that they use to try to resuscitate somebody mm-hmm. when they find them. And so that makes me think that they moved him to put those pads on I him. think that's 100% possible. Um, yeah. Like, clearly, but like, I don't also know that he why was those... shot in the back of the head, but who knows. I don't know why those would be on his back, though, either. So, because normally those go on the front of your body. So, I don't know. But that was weird. Anyways. Yeah. Something I noticed. Um... So, about a week after the incident, she was taken to a mental health institute for an evaluation. According to court documents, she allegedly attacked and threatened a nurse at the mental health institute after the nurse didn't allow her to call her adopted mom. The nurse claimed that Brown jumped over her desk, grabbed at her hair and face, and hit her, giving her several bruises and abrasions. Again, none of this is talked about in the documentary. No. Um, so, well, during also, the attack... this is from Wikipedia, too, so that's kind of right. disclaimer. Right. But I feel like I had kind of heard some of this stuff because I was a little bit familiar with this before. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure so there based- are other documentaries as well about it. So maybe that would there be are. interesting to kind of go through those and, like, see what's addressed and what's not. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, any one thing is right or wrong. No, no, no. I'm just no, throw no, that sure. out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then apparently she allegedly told the nurse that she shot a man in the back of the head one time bitch I'll shoot you in the back of the head three times I'd love to hear your blood spatter on the wall so like that's allegedly what she said to this nurse um and then also other inmates that were in the same prison as hers um have come out and said that she confessed to killing Alan just to see how it felt to kill somebody um yeah uh, an inmate later, later gave police a note that she had allegedly given to her that said, everything's the truth, I swear on my life, except for, quote, I thought he was getting a gun and the feeling of nervousness. So, yeah. allegedly, she lied right. about that. Allegedly. But, so then, so evidence that was proposed by her side, so they argued that um, the deceased had a dark side and was intent on sexually assaulting uh, Brown when he got in bed with her naked, the defense stance was that Brown was defending herself against sexual assault when she killed Alan. During the trial, um, there were several witnesses that were presented on her behalf. One had actually previously dated Alan. During one alleged incident, Alan invited her to his home and began kissing her. The witness testified that she told Alan she didn't want to have sex, and then um, apparently he proceeded yeah. to rape her. I saw that as well in another article. Yeah. That And there were other women that he made feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's kind of what this continues to say. Um, so, um, and then it turns out that she likely, Centoya uh, Brown, was likely a, I'm going to call it a victim of fetal alcohol syndrome, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how familiar you are with it, um, mm-hmm. but not, I actually have a terrible. cousin, a second oh, cousin okay. that has had it. Oh, okay. I mean, he still suffers with it. He's like right. about our age. Um, mm-hmm. Without getting like too like family detailed, um, his mother drank the entire time she was pregnant. Um, he was born without a an anus. Oh wow! He had to have one surgically em- installed. Um, yeah. That's not correct medical terminology, but I don't even know how you correctly say that. Right. Um, so yeah. he's been in and out of the hospital a lot over his life because basically when you don't have an asshole, like you don't have the sensation that you have to poop. Oh, interesting. And so like when he was a kid, a lot of times like he wouldn't realize that he had to go and he yeah. would like basically give himself sepsis. 
Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, so, um, and now, as an adult, he's been diagnosed with a lot of mental, like, issues. Um, like depression, anxiety, I think he might be bipolar, um, and a couple other things. So it's very common, um, with individuals that have fetal alcohol syndrome to have a lot of mental health issues, um, Mm -hmm. because it directly impacts your brain function and brain development as a fetus. Right, exactly. Um, so anyways, that's my personal anecdote about that so mm-hmm. when they're describing all the stuff i was like yep yep mm-hmm, checking boxes <laughs> this yeah. all sounds absolutely no it does make real. a lot of it does like make a lot of sense yeah so i just I wanted mean, to it, throw that it, out there. it also makes sense because she had she was in a loving a quote unquote i mean who really knows right. but it seems a seemingly loving home with a family so those mental health issues would make it make sense of why she chose that route when she had other options right and i and like i think it's kind of addressed like she kind of acts like she had no other option than to turn to sex work and all of that um so i mean it's really fucking sad um at the end of the day and truly we'll never know if it was a self-defense thing or if it was whatever right but i think it's very interesting um, so I don't know if you want to get into your article or timeline. Yeah, so I I think it's interesting that um, so essentially how she gets out. She did appeal, which was they were denied um, mm-hmm. until, like you mentioned, in 2017. It kind of caught the eye of some celebrities. I think after Tennessee yeah. had passed a law that essentially made it so that. Um, minors could not be tried as like sex um workers either mm-hmm. or like right. in that lens so that changed you know how she was convicted and tried as an adult at 16 so yeah. um it caught the eye of a lot of celebrities who kind of blew it up and um she was granted clemency um as you mentioned and then released you know like eight months nine months later mm-hmm. uh it's interesting so this article says that she accidentally she actually made a recent statement that said um most of that footage was made um for a different show in 2000 that took place in 2011 called me facing life centoya's story which premiered on pbs's independent lens yeah so it essentially says it follows her from the week that she was arrested through the next six years of her life, which oh, is sure. why we get all of that court footage. Well, mm-hmm. apparently, while she was still in jail, a producer um, made a deal with Netflix for that footage to oh. make this documentary. That so makes more she sense. Didn't kn- she didn't know. Okay, um, so basically it was a deal that she had that was made, and then that was changed to be like an under-the-table ta- under deal with Netflix. So she had agreed to all this footage for this other thing. Yeah, but then it Got was, it, okay. She didn't own the rights to it. So she says, I'm working currently to um, share my story in the right way, in full detail, and in a way that depicts and respects a woman that I am today. So she said, while I pray that this film highlights things wrong in our justice system, I had nothing to do with this documentary. Wow. So... Yes, which is really interesting. So, I mean, there are, there are, there's just so many levels to yeah. this story. She, listening to her and her um, petition basically for clemency to the parole board, 
I obviously she has made tremendous steps forward. She yep. has grown up. She owns who she is and what she did. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's gone to school. She's really worked to do more with her life. Which yeah, she is has fantastic. what two associates degrees. I think. I think she has her bachelor's degree. She got her. Bachelor's uh, I mean, degree. wouldn't be surprised if she does now. But I think yeah. initially. Oh, the fucking craziest part is that one of her like college professors. So when she was yeah. in prison, she was like enrolled in school, and like once a week, oh, a professor yeah. would come and do class. And one of them was a law class, and one of them was a lawyer that worked on her conviction. Yeah, on her it for her or appeal. one of her appeals. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he, "I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't." realize who you were and like all this stuff like I if I could go back and change it I wouldn't she was like oh it's okay you were just doing your job yeah but like that like fucking shook me yeah and then eventually he he I mean petitions a parole board in favor of her yeah um which I think is really it's very powerful I think what really struck me was that she does own it and you know she she realizes the magnitude of what she did Mm -hmm. the documentary really doesn't address the victim and so the family speaks at the the parole hearing and you know says like i think that this is forgotten that he was a person that had a family that loved him and yeah he was like a real estate agent i think he was involved in his church allegedly yeah Um, i mean either way it doesn't matter if he was a creep he was still a person and totally he you know was murdered so at the end of the day I th- I just that's kind of where it's like really hard it's conflicting because she was 16 she sh- I I mean should she have been tried as an adult I don't know I mean it's hard to know there's not re- you can't right. tell that from the evidence like one way or the other at the end of the day she did her time she she's yeah. come out a more productive person than what she she was when she came in and you know really the cards were stacked against her totally i mean Um, her it really does like go into her biological mom and grandma side of the thing like mm -hmm. who both i think oh my god i know experience with childhood sexual abuse drug abuse mental illness that just like goes down the line well i think one thing that really stuck out to me was um the grandma saying i wish i never had kids i don't know if you remember that bit but like the grandma was like i was abused i had a child who was abused and abused alcohol like i did like i should have ended the cycle by not having children yeah and i was like fuck (laughs) i know like that was something i think it was really special too how her by or her adopted mom was still there Mm -hmm. for her like through that whole experience the entire time I mean, and she, she, I don't, she just came across so, like, poised in that documentary, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, she took kind of everything in stride and supported Antonia, mm-hmm. because really, I mean, she was trafficked, you have to consider yeah. that, she was taken advantage of by, what, a 24-year-old man, or 26-year-old man, I can't remember how old he was, but... You know, she was pimped yeah. out by him. She's 16. She's, de- you know, she's a- abusing drugs. She, all of that really should have been thought about when all of this was considered. 
yeah and i mean i feel like in general and this is kind of like a hot take um just kind of in general i suppose like i don't think you can can really convict anyone like really under the age of 20 of first degree murder because i don't think anyone under the age of 20 truly understands the magnitude of what they did for the most part yeah but i i I think that the the reason why they they because people children children as young as 12 have been tried as an adult for murder i know and that's fucking bonkers to me and like i don't think that's right at the end of the at the end of the day it's it's about not necessarily that you know the magnitude of what you did but that you can Mm -hmm. differentiate right from wrong and you know that killing somebody is wrong right and and that's what i think is the weird thing about this case is because it's like oh it's a self-defense case question mark yeah i mean Um, that's the big thing of it though yeah and also i mean i feel like a lot of times like when these kids kill it's usually like to get out of a situation or to right you know like um, yeah get some sort of freedom in some aspect for the most part again like there's obviously you know loopholes and you know examples of what what's not but i mean i think for the most part you especially when you're 16 or under don't really understand like oh fuck like i don't know i don't know i i just i don't know if i completely believed that she i don't know it's hard in that moment Mm -hmm. you have a split second time to make a decision is he reaching for a gun based on all of her other interactions with men and Mm -hmm. her pimp is it reasonable to to believe that her instinct was telling her he's reaching for a gun and then after right. he was dead what is she going to do it makes sense that she would she would i mean take his stuff in that i mean yeah case. she just wanted to piece the fuck out i mean like yeah i don't know it's it's hard it's hard but i think that what i liked to see was that she really like she was crying at her parole hearing not for her but because of what she did and what she knew she did like you can tell she's filled with remorse she's totally she's made she made peace with spending her life in jail and she was still trying Mm -hmm. to better herself anyways she went to school you know she she was doing that thing so i have i do have mad respect for that yeah i think a lot of people just kind of give up and say fuck it yeah it's a sad story all all around but it's very interesting documentary, but I do feel like they there was a lot of holes in it, and mm-hmm. so like I'm interested to watch um, some of the other ones that I know that there are, that are out there to kind of get a more complete story. Yeah, because I mean Netflix um, definitely doesn't give you a complete story. No, I was left with a lot of questions. Um, maybe if we can find that PBS thing, we can do yeah. like a follow up. Yeah, I'm sure, or if not that. Um, I know I'm no I've seen other documents. Yeah, so we can we can find something I'm sure, but maybe we can do it like a follow up to this episode if we can yeah. find something to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, and I think overall kind of, I would recommend uh, yeah. watching it. I just think that Yeah, I think it's worth maybe, watching. It's like an hour yeah. and twenty minutes. Yeah, it's not it's an hour and yeah, like an hour and a half I think. But Yeah. I think it's worth watching. It's definitely very interesting, um, and I, but I also think it's worth doing your due diligence and trying to watch other things or like read up more about it because yeah. again, Netflix does not paint a great picture in general. Yeah, of this I mean case. they do do it pretty like unbiased though. I feel like they did yes. a good job, but they should have. I feel like to do that a little bit better 
maybe like gotten more feedback from the victim's family but it's possible they didn't want to participate too so it's hard to say right and I also think it's like just kind of hard because like she is explicitly stating like I want nothing to do with this documentary so yeah I didn't know that until just now so that's interesting yeah I think it's very interesting too so and the fact that she's not about it I think right yeah because she's writing a book so I think that that would be really interesting me too um yeah yeah so I think that was kind of the gist of it um so what's it called murder to mercy um yeah murder to to mercy mercy. yep so yeah go give it a listen or watch whatever whatever (laughs) and (laughs) i mean i guess you don't have to really watch it but (laughs) yeah i mean it's it (laughs) it's a lot it's very like um like verbally heavy like there's a lot of like there's only a few photos that they show like like crime scene photos and stuff like that yeah a lot of it's just like talking but they have a lot of footage on there too like a right. court court proceedings right but i mean like Ordeal. i feel like if you were like listening or like watching this while you were like working from home you wouldn't need to like be like eyes glued to the screen yeah so I feel like my dog is while you're working something. from home this week give it a watch um definitely i think good work from home you know uh yes content. something to put on the background For sure my dog is an idiot uh, but yeah she just ate think- a rubber band oh my god <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, with that. <laughs> on that note, we are Audi 5000. Um, yes. We will catch you on Monday with a regular episode. Yes. Okay. All right. Toodles. Bye-bye.